1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 766, brought to you by... I fanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands and wearing their masks. You know, getting getting through it. My fanboy pick of the week, episode seven hundred and sixty-six. I am Josh Flanagan, and I am here with my co-host Connor Kilpatrick.
0: Hello, Connor. How, Hello. How are you? Getting through it, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> only, only way I know how. That's S- just a little bit more than the law will allow. Still standing.
1: <laughs> I'm right here, you sons of bitches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, up and down. Up and
1: down. <laughs> we are I fan B I fan B. F-N-B-A-E. I fan B is our sister site. It's a spelling bee uh show that yeah. we do. Fan B. Uh yeah. every week we read our stack of
0: comics. Spell Sinkevich.
1: <laughs> Sienkiewicz S <laughs> I E N mm-hmm. K E V I S, S- K E V K I E K I E V I C Z. Sienkiewicz I think that's right. If I was writing it, I'd be okay. I got to say it out loud. That's hard. That, I understand. I mean, is there if there was a writing spelling bee? I think I would really excel, unless the word you. was bureaucracy, which
0: <laughs> I can't <laughs> never spell that.
1: I can't deal with it. Uh, no. We will talk the pick. The pick of the week is the book that we like the best from the week. We're going to talk no. about that book and other books. The patron pick and mail. Uh, it, it is a. It is a. It is an oasis of uh, of uh, erudite. Uh, uh, well. Well, it is. Whoa. It's a little erudite, but it's still distraction. Don't, uh, it's, don't set the bar too high. It's, it's, it's low-key intellectual distraction. It's not like watching All reality right. TV. I'll allow it. But it's not like watching Nova.
0: It's not PBS here.
1: It's not. And, and uh, listen, a lot of PBS stuff's a little overrated. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're talking in a British accent just doesn't in, necessarily really mean better. Yeah. No, obviously, Frontline's amazing. and you know. But there's, there's some rough American experiences out there, let's be honest sure because there's no anyway we... <laughs> you know let's diverge strongly uh there's the spoilers for the comic books connor you had the peak the pick oh my god
0: wow the peak you had this problem last week too it must i'm be... developing
1: a french accent <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right uh, Conor, so uh, do peak? Uh, this was a weird week um there was not a ton of books but uh some fun ones and, but the clear winner was Hellblazer: Rise and Fall, Book Three. Tom Taylor, Derek Robertson, Diego Rodriguez, Duran Bennett, and this is—I know every issue of this has been pick of the week. This is the final issue. Really? You picked it, you picked the ones. I picked it twice. I don't think it's happened since Airboy, but I'm not positive. Uh, so I was
1: I was, uh, I read this probably early on Wednesday. I think this was the first thing that I read, and I was maybe maybe a third of the way through it, and I was like, there's your pick right there. I did, I mean, and I, I don't even mean my pick. I was like, that's his pick. That's like, it's done. And at a certain point, I was like, you finished? You're like, oh, about halfway. I was like, "If you read Hellblazer? No? I'll wait here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I saved it towards the end because I'm most excited for it. And this is the conclusion to the three-part story in which John is dealing with a childhood tragedy a, a demon who has inhabited the the kid who he accidentally killed as a friend as a let me back up here his friend accidentally died when he was a kid because of magic dealings well he yeah he drowned in a in a river overrun that John accidentally caused and then John tried to resurrect him and instead caused a demon to inhabit him and so He's dealing with that. The demon is killing rich people in London. That's been the sort of murders in the background. And so John has teamed up with the devil. And his whole childhood friend is now a cop. cop. And Chaz, because this is like the new continuity of Chaz It's a Chaz better world in
1: which Chaz is alive.
0: <laughs> and they're trying to stop the demon. And this was just, it's been incredibly fun. It's been funny. It's been dark. It's been light. It's been all kinds of things. There's been... Fun romance between the devil and John and, um, you know, creepy demon stuff. I, I just, this has just been a hell of a fun ride and, you know, between this book and the the hellblazer series by Cy Spurrier, I've become, you know, like a Hellbla- hellblazer guy this past year. Yeah, it's true. Which is, which has been a lot of fun. I, I've always, you know, liked the character, but I've, I have have not read him at this regularly. Ever. So this has been a lot of fun. I, the devil stuff was terrific. If it's just the devil and John hanging out with his buddies at a pub, it, would have, it could have been pick of the week. Mm-hmm. And then you add in the layer of his father here. Oh my God. Where John has to go uh, back to his childhood home to, and his to deal with his dad and their relationship. And that was really great too. And it turns out his feelings about his relationship with his dad were the were the sort of secret weapon to defeat the demon and <laughs> an extended tribute to Liverpool. So the football club, and it was just, it was really fun. It was really fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, as I sort of flip through it now, I'm looking at this, <coughs> all of these scenes that like many of them on their like the, the plan that, that Constantine and the devil have, to to you know trick the demon into moving to somebody else and try to save the kid and all, just all of the things um you know then you see the giant you know and he's he's just the, he's a demon he's a giant mm-hmm. muscular horned goat-legged you know red winged
0: you know like with, like we think of yeah yeah there's yeah. like there's
1: not and, and in in this instance i think that that's sort of very big, even the devil has sort of just the traditional devil look but you know the, it it worked so nice suit nice cut suit yep it's true English cut. But boy, the the whole scene, I mean, it was the three pages with the father, four, five pages with the father that really sealed it for me because I thought, you know what, in all of this time in the Hellblazer stuff I read, I don't think I've seen, I don't remember this happening. I don't remember a scene with his dad that wasn't like a flashback-y thing. I was like, oh, he's Mm -hmm. alive. Then it's just this guy who comes to the door and and the devil's like, huh, I thought there'd be more of you, more to you, you know, and like just little bits like that. And his dad's a prick, and he smacks him and on a page turn, and that really works out well. And then the devil takes him in the other room, and, he, and then the dad comes out, and he's like, I'm really sorry, I was wrong about everything. And it's just this, it's a little like Ghostbusters 2. That The way that they defeat it is with good feelings. So in that, yeah. they use your love is lifting me higher and the Statue of Liberty walking down the street. This, right. he leads the devil and a John who just felt great about what just happened to his dad to the football pitch where he felt the best, and that's how they defeat the demon, and then John gets fucking angel wings. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot, and that's not even, and then it wasn't even over. No. If, if, if I had any, if I have any tiny... Uh, uh, argument or complaint to make about it. The only sort of loose end which they did, but uh, like the kid, uh, who had been possessed by a demon and was now not back aged alive. For forty years, that that was kind of an afterthought. Yeah, we gave him to his family. They're fine with it. And I was like, all right, <laughs> we're just going to worry about that. <laughs> yeah,
0: whatever. They thought their kid was dead for forty years, and he's still eight. So yeah. okay. Um, and what kind of what kind of trauma has he been? Because he was he was alive in there.
1: Yeah, the kid's not okay.
0: No, but that's not John's problem. Yeah. That's that, which is, it which is, is John's problem, which is not means it's not John's problem. Yeah, which is very John. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. This and then the Derek Robertson stuff is so evocative. He, you know, he has that style. Everyone's a little dirty, big eyes. Feel like everybody smells really bad and a little drunk. There's one, there's one terrific bit that I laughed at for for a good minute where they go out drinking. He and he and Chaz and his old friend and they just sort of dump Chaz at the door of his house yeah. and passed out. He's like, it's fine. And then Chaz's wife opens the door and there's is the look on John's face <laughs> and, the, and the panel is, oh, no. <laughs> He's just like no demon has ever scared John that much as Chaz's wife opening that door. <laughs> it's and true. it's just the, the cigarette hanging down off his lips, the bug eyes, the oh, no caption. I just... I just laughed for a good minute. It's a great drawing. You, you, you know, yes. Derek Robertson's amazing.
1: Well, to, to talk about him, you know, I, it's kind of shocking that he's not a British artist. Yeah. In that <laughs> like, the way that he does stuff, like, there's no way that he didn't come up on a steady diet of um, 2000 AD or something like that. Because mm-hmm. this is like the way that he draws, I think him and Steve Dillon are two of the best people at drawing drunk people. <laughs> it's very subtle but there's a there's yeah. a a lean there's a very slight like there's the eyes that are like hey what's going on you know like it's, it's hard to put a finger on but as you flip through the last sort of chunk of these pages it's right there the half lids you know the, mm-hmm. the general sort of like everything's going to be fine contentedness you know he does that he does angry he does creepy you know as far as folks who if you look in the pub actually all the people standing around them you know, like he's captured what that is like, yeah. And, and and you know his acting, you know his his sort of character, not just anatomy, but like his body uh, uh, language and his his faces. You know, on top of the fact that you know his storytelling and and composition, like he's an all around great artist. Now he doesn't look like Alan Grant or or you know John Byrne. He doesn't have that. He's got this other thing um, that when properly applied it is just mm-hmm. the best. And I think that every time, sometimes he'll go on a, a, a mainstream book. I think he did Wolverine for a little while and it's kind of, he yeah. just seems out of place there. Like he needs to be doing stuff that fits his, that's why if you, if you read like Transmetropolitan, it's perfect. You know, yeah. his work is perfect. You know, and in this, his work is perfect. It's just, he, he needs to be paired with the right story and he will shine. Um, and here he did
0: yeah you can you can look through any of these pages and you can you can tell what the characters are all thinking without reading the dialogue yeah. as the with face just enough, acting,
1: yeah, with just enough sort of exaggeration, you know mm-hmm. to, to, to communicate it in comic book form
0: uh, but never there's a much. lot of artists who just have a face, and the character the characters they draw have that face, no matter what they're doing if they're happy or sad or <laughs> crying or and that's all right. But, no. Derek Robertson, his faces tell tell the character stories. It's he's he's incredible, and this this book is is good because of Robertson as much as it is Tom Taylor's 100%. script, who is, you know, continues his run right now of, of great work. And the the, the opening scene is, you know, shocking. It's it's all, he he's very good. It, it did and this he, book was delayed a bit. Who cares? This issue was delayed a bit, so I had I had to re- sort of. Ramp back up to remember mm-hmm. a little bit of the, the, not the overall story, but the details. Yeah. But that wasn't really that hard.
1: I mean, if this is the, um, this is the work that you're going to get out of it. He inked himself too, and I, that always hasn't been a walk in the park, but uh, his, yeah. his inks with the Diego Rodriguez colors, just, it all sort of worked together. A lot of times I feel like his, his inking is, is too heavy on the page. Um, So where you had um on, on Transmetropolitan, you had, who's the dude? Rodney Ramos. Rodney Ramos, who, who just made all of it. Just shine, he smoothed it out where it needed to be, but left it rough where it wasn't. This is grittier, and he's normally grittier, but it's 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 really it works perfectly i, I can't I can't say enough pi- nice things about it
0: on page nine of your digital reader um I guess in white collar jail, the bars are really far apart, so you could just slip right through them <laughs> I guess that's
1: well, they assume that the white collar people are all fat on their own
0: like like that guy he's not getting through them but no. the the bars radically change their. Size, <laughs> pain to pain, like that. Where he's talking to John, they're really far apart. In the next page, they're really close together. Oh, that's right. That's fun. That's fun. Anyway, I, this was terrific. It's really fun. You don't have to be a big Hellblazer fan to enjoy this story. Yeah. It uh, tells you everything you need to know, which it would, including it. It'd be great to have the the devil on your team. It would, because the devil doesn't really overdo it. Only uses his abilities, you know, at the right moments.
1: He's no amateur.
0: <clears throat> right. He's not. Yeah, I just the scene with the dad was so great. Everything from the dad on was just terrific. And well, it wasn't uh,
1: bad before that, but man, you know, beginning, middle, and end of the story. It's funny. I think that we talked about Tom Taylor. Like, it's great when he has these whole worlds to build. We get three issues of this, and he still he did the thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's it's what we talked about. It's it's the classic version, right? It's not. It's, it's this is a black label book, so it's out of continuity. Not that there really is a Hellblazer continuity right now, but. Uh, You know, it's just it's just the classic Hellblazer story. It's doesn't worry about anything. So
1: I'm gonna I'll do. Here's the thing that I've anybody knows Tom wants to put him in touch with me. That'd be fine. (laughs) Just saying, (laughs) Um, because it's you know I maybe have tried. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You'd like to talk with him. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying.
0: So I didn't read this book till after the pick because you had put it into the script. Yeah. But you could have made a case for King of Black, Black Knight number one to be the pick of the week. Right? Simon Spurrier, who just mentioned, Jesus says, Corey Pettit. And this is a one-shot uh, King of Black tie-in featuring the Black Black Knight, who, as we, as we mentioned, every time the Black Knight shows up, was one of my favorite characters as a kid. And he was a mainstay in the Roger Stern Avengers era in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. And... uh I always loved him. He was I don't know why. He's just a knight with a cool black sword called the Ebony Blade. I didn't know anything about it. They didn't really play up the Ebony Blade too much back then. No. Just that it was it was a cool black sword. This guy was wearing a cool knight outfit and you know, I was a kid, knights were cool. So I always liked him. And uh here they really sort of delve into the um he's kind of the booster gold character, I think. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. He's kind of a doofus. It's kind of a bro who's got this power because it's the family lineage to carry that ebony blade, which we were always told was cor- a corrupting influence. It was it would the, the 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 wielder of the blade got bloodthirsty again. This was not something that was dealt with in the '80s. This, was, this is this seems to be your, yeah, it's, uh, it's been around for
1: a little bit, but only tangentially. Like I, I only feel like I was sort of very partially aware of it, if anything.
0: Yeah, and so then. Here we find out that the it's not the blade that's the corruption, it's it's the family lineage and sort of I don't I don't want to say mental illness, but whatever is in the the Whitmans is actually actual force of psychosis, not the blade. Yeah. Anyway, this was super fun. <laughs> that, that 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 dark psychology aside, this was super fun, I thought. Yeah,
1: it, it was kinda like the best of a, like a really good moon night episode. <laughs> like in a way like you know they kept saying uh you know oh you're avengers adjacent and he's right. like i was an avenger you know and he just like for know, a long time he just doesn't get the respect <laughs> um you know i i've really i've really come around to the fact that while i'm not at all invested in the king and black storyline as a thing and i don't mm-hmm. need to you know if you keep your eyes open there's still some gems in here and i think we've started to find them
0: um, well you, you like thunderbolts, and i i appreciate that you're you're willing to, to dip in the water. I keep just seeing the title and moving on, which I shouldn't. It's, um,
1: it's odd because I'm I, I'm that way with the future state. I'm like, I'm not doing that. you, know, but you And it you, is funny. I
0: yourself. will say that for one moment I looked at it because I was like, oh, Black Knight. And then I just kept going. I just
1: thought like, it was a number one. Then I saw that Cy Spurrier wrote it. And I go, ah, I've always kind of been interested in this character. Maybe it'll be good. And right away, you know, from step one, it was entertaining and compelling. And, you know, this guy trying to figure out where he fits in. And then at the end, it's actually not, not entirely unlike um, like Ant-Man in the movies. Mm-hmm. He's kind of got that thing going on where he's like, well, I guess I have to do the right thing, even though I know I'm not qualified, you know. <laughs> but I had thought I was qualified. And, and you know, he, he's sort of been on both sides of good and bad, you know, and made some, you know. And, and then he ends up in – is he actually in China I think. Yeah. Okay. So he's with two um, Chinese heroes uh, fighting a dragon, you know, and they're talking to each other in Chinese. Like, what is with this dude? But the lady's kind of like, Come on, he was Avenger. He's okay. He's trying, you know. And there's <laughs> another guy, the Sword Master, you know, and he's he's got a whole sword thing going on too. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It's funny because if you look, there's a whole there's a whole joke about narration where like there's this uh, real arch uh, sort of medieval. Uh, narration going on, and you realize that's been him talking out loud the whole time, narrating what he's saying, and they can all hear him. Um, And, you know, if you look at the pages, they are covered in words. Like, the lettering and dialogue is expansive, and most of the time, that's a bad sign, but I didn't notice it until I'm looking at it now sort of without reading it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Simon Spurrier has been hit or miss for me for a while, but he's been much more hit lately. You know, it's, I think they reminds yep. me of Kieran Gillen where at first I was like, I don't know what this guy's on about. And then after some good, like whoever saw that in them earlier, we're like, if we polish this up, it's, you know, th- they've got greatness in them. And, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen a lot of greatness out of Simon's career recently. And this was another funny show. Also, oh, you know, like this comic book show, uh, Jesus is just beautiful art. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The coloring on top of it has sort of, actually he did all the art. So, yep. Uh, it's just a just a delight to look at and, and you know, had some uh, big comic book action, uh, you know, big monsters, huge swords, that scale we all love. Um, <laughs> it just feels like the Null thing, every book that I've read has some sort of revelation about Null that is significant to the characters that are in it. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of get by on that. Right. Enough that... that I don't know how significant this is to the larger story, and I'm guessing there's got to be some conflict with that. But I guess if he's everywhere all at once, it doesn't really matter.
0: Well, the the idea in here is that only the only the Ebony Blade can really hurt hurt Null. Now, will that be true? Who knows. But um, or really, really hurt Null. So we'll find out. I did. I did laugh at the mural in his bedroom over <laughs> his bed of the other Avengers sort of worshiping him. Has been a very sort of. Uh, Old, you know, romance style painting. I thought They're that, all that
1: was really funny, but then I thought it got much funnier when I looked closer, and there's sword slashes everywhere. <laughs> that was the part that got me. Like he, he cut the the blankets, and there's oh, sword oh, yeah. slashes through the art. <laughs> He's in his like teenage boy room with all that stuff going on. It was it was delightful. It really
0: was. And you can see his um, 80s costume. The one from the, when he, he's an old character. Yeah. He came around in the sixties, I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so you can see the sixties costume and then the terrible nineties one where he wears, he wears a leather jacket over his costume. God, i the yeah, so bad. But the leather jackets were, were way overdone back then. <laughs> yeah. So this was cool. And then, I mean, look, it's just a big adventure. He he's, he gets called to, to a quest to fight Null and then he gets attacked and then I guess he was flying a long way because he he lands in China and then teams up with some Chinese heroes and they fight they fight the demons and it's it's a pretty simple plot overall but it's a fun one and it's full of great character stuff. You don't know a lot about the Black Knight, you can learn a lot here, which is good because there's going to be a new Black Knight series because Jon Snow is playing him in the movie. So, um, where's the, the Curse of the Ebony Blade? Black Knight Curse of the Ebony Blade coming soon. Well, so I hope it's like this. Well, Simon is writing it.
1: I'm at, yeah, I'm at the movie, but that's fine. Oh. He's writing the book
0: well, when I'm in. He's in the Eternals movie, so who knows? Oh, I see. But oh that's, gonna, they're uh, going
1: to re, it's fine, whatever.
0: It doesn't matter. The point is he's getting a resurgence because of that, which is fine because I love The Black Knight and I'm glad I read it. I also caught up on Sea of Sorrows this week. I read all three issues. you uh, I
1: read two and three after you put it on the list.
0: You liked one, so I was it like, did. "All right." And then I said, "Oh, I should probably read." I saw three came out, so I, I should probably read them. I like it. It's it's a horror book, but not too horror-y. It seems you know, like the
1: horror element is the sirens,
0: basically. Yeah, it's like mermaids. Yeah, yeah, it's just the same thing. I'd say that these, it, these guys are going for. They're trying to. They're trying to salvage German gold after World War One, and they keep running. There's keep running the mermaids, and one by one, they're dying. Hmm. Um I like it I did like it I it's like It's just it. weird enough
1: i think uh I think the parts when I know what's going on, I really like it mm-hmm. um I think there's other bits I do a lot of flipping backwards to see who's who and actually i they actually um rich Duke did a a really good job of naming people frequently, and so I could use that name to sort of make sure I know who I'm looking at and so after a little while, especially having read the first issue a lot longer ago than the second issue. Um mm-hmm. but I had to keep flipping back to make sure I knew how I was. Yeah,
0: that would about. be the only thing I I've had the problem of keeping track of the people, but not to the detriment of the story. I was like, wait, that guy, there's the guy with the mustache, and there's that Rip, guy. And there's there's the, John, there's a you know girl with the black the really bad teeth and
1: But like like at the end of the day, that information was there when I looked for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um then my only other problem would be I thought that I liked the art, but some mm-hmm. of the underwater stuff I had a really hard, hard to time. Yeah, it really was uh, it, because it's dark and it's in the ocean, and, and it wasn't like people moving around. It was like the submarine that's trapped on a ledge, and and I had a I had a little hard time following it. So I kind of just gave up and tried to get out of that context. You know, in the next couple of pages, um, yeah. I feel like that is a it's a, it's a limitation of the kind of story that you're telling in a comic book form. But then also, you know, probably could use a better storyteller or a more seasoned one to sort of get away with that stuff. It, um, it didn't, it, it didn't make it bad. Just
0: no, it, it's an interesting conflict though. There's, you know, on the boat, you have the salvage crew and you have, I guess, mobsters. Yeah. It's a little unclear. Um, I guess does the captain owe only men money? Someone does. I don't know if it's the captain. That was also unclear. I was like, why, why are they, why is what like that? That was there. they're sort of unveiling that as you go, but they're I, not.
1: Think, I think it's a, I think it's, there's, there's, the one guy owes the money and mm-hmm. he put together a crew or he became part of the crew so that the salvage then doesn't all go to the gangster everybody is there for somewhat of their own reasons. so there's the one guy and I thought it was a really nice line where he, he's like I'm not giving up I do not want to say I fought this war for
0: nothing you know it's like he's right he wants them. gold out of it he yeah. wants he wants German gold out of out of his horrible experience in the war that, well, that was I think it was the second issue with the flashback which was really Maybe. good or was the first issue I think both actually. Um it's fun though. It's you know, it's mostly it's the evil that men do, right? It's mm-hmm. you know the uh they all turn on each other. They're all turning on each other over the goal, it's the treasure of the Sierra Madre, it's you know, all kinds of stuff like that. In a horror package, which is not overtly horror ish, and so yeah. it works.
1: I like it. There's there's rules and then you break them when it's you don't you know. I don't like yeah. horror books. Well, what about this horror book? It's not bad. That's you know? no, no,
0: no, all right. Unlike, unlike the other one I read this week. Uh, that was quick. The Legend of Shang-Chi number one. Now, it's only a one-shot, as far as I can tell. But this pains me to say, because you know how much we love Gene Luen Yang, but I thought this was this issue, this one-shot issue, was uh, more fun and more accessible than the miniseries.
1: Yeah, it was a, a, a heist and a fight, I'd say. Yeah.
0: It, it just wasn't bogged down in the in the lore of Shang-Chi. It was just, here's Shang-Chi having an adventure. And I really liked it. It's uh, Alyssa Wong wrote it, Andy Tong drew it, Rochelle Rosenberg, and Travis Lanham on letters. And he's in London, and his ex from the miniseries says, I need help with this situation in the British Museum. There's a sword that you need to get because it – too dangerous to have out in display when you stab someone, it steals their soul and he goes to get it. And Lady Deathstrike is there stealing it. And so they fight. And
1: and, that's and, that's and, basically and the
0: story. Yeah. And, I
1: and, it. And, and it should be noted that, you know, a book that's, uh, Shang-Chi, I don't know, is he the master of Kung Fu? Is that the sort yeah. of subtitle for him? A lot of Kung Fu in here, you know, yeah. and, and, and like, that's what you want from the book. If you got a comic book about Kung Fu, there should be many pages of fighting. And there were, and it was very fun to read in that way. Um, again i have my one little bit at the end um she stabs him with the sword he punches her out the window he (laughs) breaks the sword
0: yeah breaking the sword saves everyone's souls right
1: and then he looks up at the shard and then we see at the end that she's holding that shard and that,
0: that yeah, so looked, just it looks, figured it out, actually. But when like, I was, yeah, it looks like the, the top part of the sword went out the window with her. Because he only has the bottom part when he's holding it.
1: Yeah, but it's still inside, and she was gone by then.
0: No, I mean, when he, he, he's standing at the window, and he, and he, he says, crack, and hits the sword, it, I, 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 I think the, the only thing that makes sense is the top part of the sword went out the window. Right. That is not she, clear. Yeah, that wasn't clear.
1: And I like I, I got it I actually get it now as I was trying to explain it, but I went back and forth over that a few times. Like I I get what the end result is, but it wasn't mm-hmm. a little bit yeah, you know, w- when we talk about storytelling though, that's that's a really good example of of, you know, you know, that needs to be done a little better. Um but yeah super fun issue.
0: Really fun. Yeah. Absolutely. I was I was not I was not expecting to get to come out the week after the other one. I didn't either. I was like, oh, already. Yeah.
1: I, I in fact, I think <laughs> I just glossed over it because I thought, well, that can't be the I don't know. I didn't even see it until you put it on the
0: list. I guess. Yeah, and I, 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 I looked, I and mean, it seems like this is just a one shot.
1: I. You know what's funny is that Lady Deathstrike. You know. When she shows up, it's she's she's one of those oh shit characters because, you know, like Lady Shiva mm-hmm. or you know, right. Taskmaster, or whoever, like she's a badass. And it's funny because she's always had some ridiculous costume or whatever. But here she's just, other than her little half shirt, um, you know, she's just like a, in a little tactical outfit to steal stuff. And I was like, oh, I thought she had the creepy hands. And then the creepy hands come out. And I hate the creepy hands. But,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty, let like, Josh. Oh, creepy hands. No, no. <laughs> We're going to let Josh ruminate on the creepy hands. And talk a minute about how you can help support iFanboy, the show, the ecosystem that you have all unlocked. And we thank everyone who does that the main way, patreon.com/slash iFanboy. That's where patrons have done many things. They've unlocked the patron pick, which is a book coming up later in the show. They've unlocked the talk splodes that Josh uh, does and would like to talk to Tom Taylor on. And then they've thought they've unlocked the book splodes, which we just did this week, and the media explodes, all those new shows. That everybody gets to listen to. They've unlocked them at Patreon.com/family, including the YouTube content we've been adding to the YouTube page. So all that great stuff out there is thanks to the patrons, and we thank them. And hopefully, you should thank them if you enjoy those shows. And um, we have more stretch goals. So we have the, the '80s classic '80s G.I. Joe cartoon show that we'll do if we hit the next stretch goal once a month, probably, or who knows? And we haven't even talked about it because you know it's a ways off. After that, we'll, we'll do a barbecue show. An email answering video barbecue show once a quarter which we used to do in the old days and uh it was a lot of fun once a quarter is a lot we used to do it once a year now once a quarter we'll have to get our doctor's permission before we do that one Um, but we'd like to do it so patreon.com slash also they get the patron facebook group the patron discord server great communities that we enjoy uh checking in on and uh there's a lot of benefits to being a patron you can check them out you can become a patron as low for as low as a dollar a month and uh, you get a lot of benefits out of it. So we thank everyone who does that. Ifanboy.threadless.com. dot so com. you can get our t-shirts. logo herm, the Podcast. Ratings. If one is Electro GDAT. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. And stay home and read comics. Those are the current shirts. And we like them. And we hope you do too. New designs will come as they appear to our brain matter. We haven't really talked about one in a while. We, but.
1: We, we're not like the writer who works at it. we were the writer who waits
0: for inspiration. All right. We sit there. We wait. Mm-hmm. It well, takes seven years, eight years for our books to come out.
1: Sometimes, sometimes we do other things during that time, which doesn't <laughs> help. I'm going to admit, I'm going to admit it right now. That's not, that's not, if, the, if my main goal is to come up with a new t-shirt, yeah. I think I'm doing everything I can.
0: No. com slash support, that's where you can, that's our PayPal tip jar, where you can just throw some money in the tip jar, which people do, who don't want to become patrons or buy t-shirts, and we thank them. Everyone does that. And finally, com slash Amazon. That's where you can find links to the books, load books, as well as a general link to Amazon. And we thank everyone who does all of the above. That's how the show keeps going. The bills are paid, and uh, we get to keep doing the show, which we like to do. And we thank you.
1: We do like to do the show. That's absolutely yep. true. I mean, I like this part. <laughs> this what part. the ad read? Well, no, the part when we.
0: I mean, sometimes,
1: sometimes you got to think. Why does Mac Weldon keep coming back? Great
0: ads. <laughs> the Avengers. Seven forty-two. I just want to. I just want to use the legacy numbering. Always. Jason Aaron and Luca Maresca. whose name I don't recognize. David Curell, Corey Pettit. I I I enjoyed this.
1: That's that's what I came here to say. Yeah, I I've I've actually kind of dug this little storyline because basically it puts all the, all these different Avengers in a little pocket world, and they you know. They have to fight each other, but nobody really wants to win. Except there's a couple of wild cards in there. Um, Shang Chi and Black Knight. In this, issue. I really dug the Captain America Shang Chi part. You know yeah. where? And there's been this. I've been noticed that there's this thing where Captain America has really not been the leader of everything. I know that's that's obvious in this, but it. I think it sort of extends to the movies too. Is that like he's 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 the conscience of everything, and he's the soldier who's going to do like he's your field general. More right. than he's the leader guy. And, and so he was like, well, this is the guy who should be it. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't need to take the reins and be in, in charge of everything. And I actually really like that. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, the, and then the, the only other thing is that, you know, we always talk about these, these like, uh, legacy things that everybody's trying to put in. Like, these long mythologies that existed that yep. we never knew about. Right. And as long as I ignore that here, totally fine. <laughs> you know, because I was like, oh, yeah. okay, it's been a... no. No, we don't. Yeah,
0: Why do I something... know her?
1: Oh yeah, then the end was dumb.
0: Yeah. So the Phoenix Force has come to Earth and it's infected, like Josh said, it, it sends all bunch of the Avengers to this sort of pocket realm to fight, and they're all infected with the Phoenix Force, so they're all like Phoenixified versions of themselves. And like over the overall, I'm not super into, but I liked this interaction with all the heroes. The only the only negative I'll say about this issue is I need some sort of roll call. Because oh yeah, there's just a there's just a dude with long hair who I didn't know who that was. I didn't know who the woman in the purple outfit was. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, like who Jane Foster was
1: in there, people. but she was just Jane Foster, I guess.
0: Yeah, I didn't know who that was until someone said you were you stole Thor's uh, hammer. And I was like, oh, that's just, that's what that's Jane. Like, I just need some help here.
1: And then to further oh. complicate things, when they're in the fight mode, they they're have all outfits. new outfits. Yeah,
0: right. So it's like, give me a caption. Give me a roll call. Give me a, he- a bunch of heads in the cover, like in the old days. Give me something. Who is in the purple? Did we figure it out? I don't know. Is it is it Jessica Jones? I have no idea. Maybe I literally have no idea. I, I thought no it was. Idea.
1: I thought it was Kate Pride. Is is it Kitty Pride? I, I don't think it is. I think it's more likely. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh is it? Is, oh, it's um, it's She Hulk.
1: Oh, it's She Hulk. That's not yeah. clear.
0: No. Uh, uh. uh, uh she Hulk shows up later on.
1: That, that's that the, the that's the uh, mid size. The mid brunette woman is the uh, large sized blonde man yeah. uh, in Avengers world. Like uh,
0: who is we that? We need, need captions. We need we need a roll call page. Put it in, put it on the uh, recap page. Put a little, put a put, put, put a bunch of heads along the side. Mm-hmm. It worked for our dads. <laughs> that's how dad did uh, it. <laughs> so um, you're not reading firepower. Okay. Speaking of more kung fu, you re- I think you really should. Uh, Firepower number eight. Now, having said that, I think I keep thinking about moving to trades on it, just because I think I think Kirkman reads better that way. But, yeah. um, you know, Kirkman and Somney doing doing, doing uh, Iron Fist esque kung fu, and uh, it's really fun. It, like every issue is like, it that was fun. Nothing, hardly anything ever happens in it where you're like, damn, that's amazing. I need to talk about the show. It's like that was a great little issue, mm-hmm. and then you move on because. Kirkman's stories kind of move at a breakneck pace. And uh, it's it's almost like, you know, when you used to read the trades, you never could tell when the issues broke. You know, it just, always just felt like it was one long uh, volume. And it's sort of like that with, with reading this. It's sort of, you know, another chapter in the book. And I just want to mention it because it was a light week, but also it continues to be really fun. And if you're into, you know, if you like Shang-Chi or, or Kung Fu stories, it's a really, it's been a really entertaining family in crisis. The father's got to take him back to basically Kunlun because of kung fu inter inter kung fu problems. You'll get, uh, you'll have that. Yeah, it's been good. So you get you get the family dynamic stuff, you get the fighting stuff, you get the the legacy, you get this guy struggling with his place in the world because he he is you know sort of a man out of place wherever he goes. It's, it's been really fun. And then, of course, the, the Somni stuff has been terrific. So I think everyone should check it out.
1: I just want him to do a black and white book with no lines, just shadow. I do too. That's all I want. He should, he should do Batman black and white, but not Batman just all the time. Just he, whatever he wants to do that week.
0: That seems to be what he wants to do because that's all his Instagram feed is. Mm-hmm. Strange Academy number eight. Scotty Young, Berta Ramos, I just, I really like the main girl. Is it Emily? Emily. Hey, look, they got a bunch of heads with names in the front. <laughs> That's how I know their names. How dad used to do it. <laughs> look, so Scotty does it. Um, I like Emily a lot. I liked her scenes with Doctor Strange a lot. Yep. I'm still, there's a lot of characters, and I don't necessarily know them all that well, although you're starting to know them more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a funny bit in here where they they grew up in spell class and they accidentally clone you know clone the giant many Gus, times, but
1: because I'm looking Gus. at my heads, that's Gus.
0: <laughs> but I really like the scene because you know Emily, I guess, is secretly the most powerful one. She's the most sort of normal, like midwestern girl. She's not the son of you know Dormammu. She's not uh, from Asgard. She's just this girl from the Midwest, and she's the most powerful one. And so she's been involved in a lot of the problems of this series. Problems being story wise, not. Comic book wise, and so Doctor Strange takes her back to his Sanctorum to talk to her and gives her a ring, and she meets Thor, and that was funny. And I just thought she was really interesting. And then, of course, as soon as he go, tells her to go back to the school and tells her which door to take, I was like, "Don't!" Oh, Doctor Strange, she's a she's a teenager. She's going to go through the wrong door, and she did. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I just this was terrific again. And Humberto Ramos is great, but yeah, I just I like that those scenes a lot in the middle.
1: I I think it works really well for the. The, the sort of mashup of of the fantastic and silly with the sort of bureaucracy which i don 't have to write out of school, and so like the first scene is uh doyle der which is really silly just to every time i'm like' sure his first name is doyle <laughs> whatever uh, you know Doug, he's he's, I he's, gone with Doug. he's in his hoodie you know and 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 uh dead girl is therapizing him, and like she has a little manila folder with a with a you know with the um the clip on it and yeah. there's his face on his chart <laughs> it's like, was like it's very silly and yeah. it's okay and then Rocket Raccoon shows up in this
0: uh, right. Group. We, we always like when bureaucracy is explored in the comics not, not to an overwhelming extent but I when it shows up
1: it is really related to the old when we did the video shows um, uh, how, how we would like like to shoot the, the people in costume doing um, you know mundane, mundane things it's exactly yeah. the same instinct like yeah. there's, there's, and you put those things together, and it's very
0: silly. Look, there's Iron Man at the ATM.
1: I don't remember what it was, but there was a sh- there was a film. It was like in the early days of like internet fan films, and and it's just it was Darth Vader. I think it was Dar- I think it was Odd Couple. It was Darth Vader and Chewbacca living together, and there's a, there was one shot of Darth Vader trying to hail a cab with his with his briefcase. <laughs> and it's still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And I think he doesn't get it. He's like, oh. <laughs> You have any uh, recollection of that?
0: No, but that's funny. See, it's
1: funny. It doesn't it just is an yeah. idea it's funny.
0: No, I mean that's the that's a that's a shot for shot up from the hot couple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, thing was probably Strange Academy I I think is really really terrific but um so those are the books we wanted to talk about. It's a weird light week, but as we mentioned earlier, patron pick, Patreon, patreon.com slash iFanboy. Every patron can vote to add a book to the rundown. We had our most number of patrons voting this week. It was terrific. Hey, you said that last week, so we're experiencing no, Yeah. Not unlike the,
1: then, the, 20, uh, the 2020 elections. Uh, right. Far less uh, significant, but still uh, a record turnout.
0: It's still only about 15% of the patrons, but it's pretty, it's I mean, pretty it's, good.
1: It's still embarrassing on a national level as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So we had a really tight race, mostly because, the, again, the Discord server tried to band together to pick the book, but they ended up not, not winning out. They lost by one vote to Man Bat, number one, the first issue of a five-issue miniseries from Dave Wilgaz and Sumit Kumar, Romulo Foyardo Jr., and Tom Napolitano. Why is this book?
1: <sighs> That's a good question. I I mean I I will start with my general impression of this and this will be my review is uh it was fine. It wasn't it was actually you yeah. know, pretty good, pretty well
0: I, done. I thought the art was good. But I, I don't the care.
1: The art was good. I really like the Batman. But like as yeah. as far as like solving a problem of storytelling or exploring a character that I just I'm not interested in it. It's the same as the lizard. I don't really care about that character, which is exactly the same. You know, like we, the same character. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's all these uh analogs that sort of exist in both DC and um, and Marvel, and then eventually some image book.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's this or Dark Horse, it's the same character as Lizard. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if you know This Josh but I'm I'm a big Batman guy. And, yes. um, but I never, never cared about the Man Bat. I don't like, I don't, I don't like the man. I just don't care. I, that's I just, really it. I don't I, even not I, like it. It's, it's just, I just don't care. It, it's, I've never cared about Man Bat. Even like, I remember one of the first episodes of the animated show was Man Bat, and I was like, oh, <sighs> Even as like a kid, I was like, "Damn it!" Mm-hmm. But and and I think ultimately it's because, like Lizard, I think he just said this. Uh, it's basically the same story over and over again. Yes, it is. the you know, uh, the scientist has gone too far with his medicine, and he's he's you know the beast calls to him, and he's trapped, and which he's is, he's addicted to the beast, and
1: which is in a way the, the same, same, same as is is Two Face, but not as interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, you get a lot of different variation in Two-Face, but like... Yeah, you know, I'm saying. Feel... Two-Face's
1: thing is still that, like, Batman wants to save him. And yeah. in there is, is a good person somehow, but, you know, the, the, the lesser nature of his beasts or whatever. And it's the same. That's exactly the same. But uh, the, the backstory, everything behind Two-Face is more interesting. It's more psychological. This is more just like, here's this animal going crazy, and you got to take him down and then try to talk to him, and then that doesn't work. Um, but all that said, like, I thought, um, I thought it was really well written. I thought,
0: it's not a bad comic. But no, it isn't. I thought
1: the storytelling was, was strong. I thought they, they got a lot done in there. I learned a lot about the character. I thought the dialogue was very good. I liked Batman in this, sort of being forced to make the hard choices. I just don't care, and that's not even the fault of the comic book.
0: No, it's just I don't like Man Bat. Yeah.
1: I really like the way Batman was drawn in this. I, I just I thought... Sort of,
0: ang- sort of angular and... Yeah. tall just, just, yeah. and skinny.
1: Just a little more
0: yeah, uh, yeah
1: uh, impressionistic, I
0: think. It actually looked a little bit more like throwback y to an other era. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not like this bruiser. I mean, he's muscular, obviously, he's Batman, but he's not like this giant person. He's just sort of like this dude, Mm -hmm. Um, which I liked a lot. He looked almost as as a little Mateo Scalera in the Batman, I think. Yeah, I can see that. That's really really good. So,
1: so what Sumit Kumar is saying, I will not stop it. And so, (laughs) that's an old
0: joke. Actually, Mateo Scalera is not stopping it. He's currently drawing a Batman book. No shit. Um yeah, the Harley Quinn black label one. Anyway. Uh and then the you know, the cliffhangers, the suicide squad shows up, which I don't care about either. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: I, I know. I was like, that didn't help. <laughs> <It's not. laughs>
0: so, oh look, Harley Quinn. So um not mad at the patrons. I I did that there was there was worth in reading it. I just didn't ultimately care. So that means out of five stars, I'm giving Man Bat two and a half stars.
1: I was gonna say three, but I think if we're we're cutting, I'm, I'm going to give it three. I, I think uh, I, I I assume that there's people out there who like Man Bat, and if you do, yeah. then I think this is a pretty good run at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know, be aware you've read this before, you know, like you've done <laughs> yeah. this. I was thinking there was a ooh, it was a Spider Man story, and it was the Rhino. I want to say Joe Kelly mm-hmm. wrote it, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it was a very similar thing where like he lives with his girlfriend. You know, and, and there's always, there's always a thing where like the super weird, you know, super villain has this like nice sweet girl that he he's yep. back at home and then he disappoints her or whatever. And, yep. and that's, that's, I was like.
0: Sandman, they've all that, that's, yeah. that's a comment.
1: true. And so again, like that's been done before and, you know, but I again, like the stuff that's sort of planning around, like, she's like, she's basically was like, I'm leaving you and. And that you're self-centered and you keep doing this. And, and then she... And really you turn like, it into a bat. Yeah. I mean, th- that really is the key. Like, you can say all the other stuff around it. Like, <laughs> you're not paying attention to me. But really, it's the fact that you're a bat monster,
0: I think. <laughs> you you shed everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're scratching up the walls, just constantly screeching. <laughs> bringing novel novel viruses we, into the house. We,
1: we haven't even
0: talked about the guano. <laughs> yeah, so there's all kinds of problems. It's not just the leaving the toilet seat up and being inconsiderate. It's the screeching. Yeah, so I'm go let's three. <laughs> so, so, are you gonna stick with the miniseries? Are you gonna read all five issues? No, I'm not. Not me either. So thanks to the patrons, patreoncom slash I was kind of hoping they'd pick Avengers Mech, what, Mech Strike, whatever. Just because I felt like that would have been silly, but,
1: but not, not enough. Right. Not enough for
0: either of us to read it on our own. It should be no. No, no, no. I wanted to be forced to. You
1: know what's funny is because there were so few comics this week, I actually read extra. Like, I read mm-hmm. stuff that I wouldn't have normally, and I went back, and I, I sort of chipped away at some of my backlog. I was like, well, I guess I have time for this now. <laughs> so I was into reading comics, but, yeah. but uh, just there weren't a lot of them this week. But I, cle-
0: I cleared my backlog out. It was nice. I enjoyed the backlog. Yeah, that is that is always nice. It doesn't feel so like we said, Patreons, the, not the Patreons, damn it, Patreons can vote to add a book to the rundown, but if you give it a $5 higher level, you get rewarded on the show live with the superpower of your own... You can take and, and run with and be free. Like, like these two fine gentlemen.
1: Steven Spotswood can instantly uh, relieve any muscle or tendon tension with a mere touch. Ooh. No massage, no anything like just Boom, and it loosens up. It just Oh, and you go back oh, wow. to what you felt like before. It's
0: <laughs> The before times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when everything didn't hurt? Yeah. Daddy, yeah. pick
1: me up. Here's the thing about that. I would love to. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. There's a the thing, I, by I got the way, like just, just tangentially. Four or five spots for Steven.
1: Tangentially, what I have found is that there's a point when a child is just about 40 pounds, and everything's uh-huh. fine, and then they gain one ounce, and all of a sudden, you can't pick them up anymore. That is the I thing got, that seems to happen. It's, it's right around 40
0: pounds. You got to get the kettlebells.
1: I have it. It's over there, but I have anitis in both my arms, and I can't lift it.
0: Yeah, I got a new desk, and I'm trying to find the proper height, and it's just the first week. Man, both my wrists are killing me. And uh, uh, like right now, if you hold my left wrist—this has turned into what hurts segment, by the way. I was was right there behind you. (laughs) If you hold my left wrist and I I bend it, you can feel the whole thing pop, like the whole tendon just pops. So that's fun. Stephen, we need to talk. Henry Hernandez— Benavides is a name. Is immune to paper cuts. You can slash away with paper all day long on Henry. Nothing's going to happen. Does that include cardboard? Cardboard is a form of paper, so yes. Because nothing. You could stab him with a knife. He's not immune to that. But right. paper, paper products, can't do it all day long. Opens letters, no problem. Doesn't that, never gets the. Hor- I'm just. I'm cringing thinking about it. Never gets the horrible deep slice where you you look at your hand and all of a sudden it opens up like a chasm
1: <laughs> unfortunately henry's been locked in the mail room now because he can't <laughs> advance in the company we need you down there henry <laughs> so
0: henry look at kid. all the other
1: injuries you're saving people's fingers
0: and our healthcare costs our premiums henry think of the premiums
1: there were stains all over the mail before
0: couldn't read it, those bloody handprints.
1: This is your calling.
0: And I don't want to <laughs> so, <be down> here. <laughs> can you get me a window? So, thanks, Stephen and Henry, for being patrons. Patreon.com slash ifanboy is where you can go and give the $5 high level, get your superpower live on the show. And as promised, last week, we're going to dive into Dallas's question. I don't think we've ever teased an email like that before. No, 15 but 15 years.
1: Yeah, I'm... Well, we probably... Who knows?
0: Probably have. Two, he has two questions, actually. Dallas Tease, number one, says, what specific comic for you is best representative of the decade it was published, 1940s to the 2020s? Mm. Do you want to take a crack at it?
1: You know, you'd think that if we tease something like this, I would have prepared for it better. Let me just say one thing. He says 1940s yeah. to 20s. I don't believe that you can uh, uh, not include the 30s.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, you
1: have to. So, in that yeah. case, you know, 30s is Action Comics number one. Yep. I'm going to give you the 40s.
0: 40s would be Batman number one. Okay. And then
1: you're going to see a theme here. I, I think the, we're f- about 40. The 50s yeah. is
0: Justice League of America number one. 60s is Fantastic Four number one. Correct. 70s, harder.
1: Is it... Uh, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, is that the six? That's the 60s.
0: 70s. No, I mean with Serenko.
1: Yeah, I think that's the 60s. Uh, um 70s was, is hard. I was going to say something like the the death of Captain Marvel or you know like like Conan the Barbarian or something like that, you know. Sort of, uh. sort of like that, that's what it feels like it would be to me is is uh is the Kree Scroll War? No, that's No. Uh. I think it's like
0: uh, it's hard to it's hard to come up like I would think it'd be like Doctor Star-
1: Strange. Which one? Like Doctor Strange's Steve Ditko stuff was in the 60s.
0: Yeah, but like they're they're always again. This is like Steve our Engelhardt. one of our dead, one of our dead zone periods of comics is the seventies. But like they always talk about like the crazy sort of drug fueled Doctor sort of Strange books. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't really it's, have it's a seventies. En- I'm gonna go with
1: uh, Death of Captain Marvel is probably not even that. You know what? I would like to uh, enlist the help of of the community and specifically the patrons, like in Discord or people on the channel, or I mean, on people on uh, on the website. Uh, let us know if you have a better answer for this, because I'm sure it exists, but I don't know that we're seeing it.
0: 80s is Watchmen. 90s is probably Death of Cat Superman.
1: Oh, I was going to say.
0: 75. I'm
1: sure it's not Spawn.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think. Could be Spawn.
1: I mean, it depends on what part of the 90s you're talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, Death of Superman sort of encapsulates the craziness of the speculation era. Mm Um.
1: As does Spawn. As, you know, like,
0: as, but Spawn does too. And Spawn, Spawn also represents the image you know, revolution. Let's say Spawn yeah. for the 90s. Okay. And then 2000s is probably the authority. Oh, I was going to say Ultimate Spider-Man. But you can mm. make a case for that. You can make a case for either one of those. Or New Avengers, number one. You can make a case for all three of those books.
1: That does, that does change Marvel irrevocably. Well, if, so if that's the case, though, oh, when did uh, Marvel Night start? Because quite honestly...
0: It was the 2000s as well.
1: Wasn't that the 90s, though? Wasn't... Because we got Daredevil... Daredevil 1 and stuff. That was in college.
0: What Was it? Yeah.
1: Daredevil was 1 like, I
0: thought was 2000.
1: I remember getting it at, at Collectors for... Comics for Collectors, mm. though. I think because it was already going. And to me... Honestly, I think that those Marvel Knights books, specifically Daredevil one, um, by uh, Kevin Smith and and Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palmiotti, that really changes Marvel more than anything else because it it signals when these guys sort of do a different thing. They take a Vertigo approach, and right. uh, that I mean Marvel was irrevocably changed after that. It leads to the Quesada era, which then leads into the movies and everything. So it's a little bit of a cheat, but I think that's got something.
0: No, I mean, the thing is, there's a lot, you can make a lot of you can make a lot of cases. Yes for that era. And I'm trying to see when this comic came out. Oh, you're right. 1998. I specifically
1: remember buying it in that store with you guys. So was right when I started reading yeah. again.
0: Um, and then I think, I don't think you can pick the 2010s or 2020s. 2020. 2020 is only, we're only a year into it.
1: Well, I mean, so now I know that we, we'd said, I sort of said about mainstream, but I don't think you can ignore the walking dead.
0: Oh yeah. 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 But that's um, also thousands.
1: I know, it, the, it, like, like you have to get co. It splits really at that point because you know the the industry changes, and and at least for Kirkman, the Kirkman Manifesto was correct, and it was only correct for other people for about five years. But right. that's a big deal, and that, you know we've never. That's eh, not true. I was gonna say we've never seen a phenomenon like that, and I was like, that's that's not true because there was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, and you know that that's a. I don't know that it's an honorable mention, but it's got to be tied with anything else from that era um, in terms of a breakout
0: hit that changes things.
1: Is the uh, like tens?
0: Is it Century Fallen Sun? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's shitty. <laughs> I don't know. I just love. I love thinking about you guys have talking about that book. I don't know. It's, it gets harder as you as you get. I, mean, I, I I can't think of what that area represents.
1: It is indicative of the fact that I mean, is it uh, the, the Green Green Lantern Corps? You know, is it like the black blackest night? Is it? Oh, mm. I don't even. I think that was before two thousand tens. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it's indicative of the entire world of culture that at this point it's very difficult to pick a single thing because there is no uniting.
0: Well, and we talk about that in comics, like like Bendis. Bendis writing new Avengers like be- became like the focal book of the whole mm-hmm. thing. And there's no book like that right now. No, but like, that, there's no, there's every, no must read book from any, either company that like the whole thing runs through.
1: But that's like, there's no must watch TV show and there's no much watch movie, you know, even past a week anyway. Like right. there's no s- unifying culture wide things. And that happens within comics too. I mean, maybe Scott Snyder's Batman series with like all of his yeah. stuff that,
0: that's pretty that's, representative of what the Snyder's is. Batman might be the might be the 2010s a lot of Batman no in that list well he is the most popular superhero for a reason Yeah. uh his second question is: someone that began reading comics after the 90s I often find myself put off by the style of that decade what are your thoughts on comics in the 90s in retrospect are there series for you that stand up to the, to the test of time yes the 90s was a very Wide decade, meaning there, there, there's an early '90s and there's a late '90s, <laughs> and there's a mid '90s. I mean, there's all those things. Yeah, it's true. The comics in the early '90s were not the com- not, not not Daredevil number one, 1998. Uh, you know, and then also in the middle, you had J- JLA by Grant Morrison, which in was JLA not JLA
1: by Grant Morrison. You had Starman by James Robinson and uh, Tony Harris and uh, Pete Snaberg. You had you had uh, Preacher starts in the '90s. You have. Yeah you know, Vertigo, and then like, like if we're talking about, co- you know, you're talking about mainstream superhero comics, that's one thing. Are you talking about Jim Lee and, and Todd McFarlane and Eric Liefeld? That's one thing. But you know, at the same time, what is happening over in uh, Vertigo, which by the way, when I, I mentioned Daredevil one and Marvel Knights, they are taking the Vertigo model. And in fact, a lot of those artists and writers and bringing them over to mainstream Marvel Vertigo, stuff. Yeah. and that lays the blueprint for what happens in the two thousands in terms of art and writing in, in superhero comics. So, it's disingenuous in a way to say that 90s comics had a style of art. I think well, it's just too... Oh, I
0: story. mean, look, in the 90s, you you had also like the boom of like Hellboy started in the 90s and yeah. Sin City Sin City started in the 90s. You had that boom Strange of like outside you had- outside the norm. But you oh. also, you know, things like uh, Kingdom Come came out in the 90s and so did Infinity Gauntlet and... um. Marvels came out in the '90s. Like, there's a lot of classic, great comic books that happened in the '90s. But there was, I think, when people think, you know, Sandman was the '90s. I think when people think of the '90s, they think of like the terrible fashions and haircuts, which is true, and mostly in the early part. You know, mullet Superman and all that, all those things. Um, and it's you know we talked about it earlier that everyone had leather jackets all of a sudden. I think that Captain America wore armor. Like we, we, we. There's a lot of extreme. You had the extreme, yeah. just extreme Justice League was a book. Like you, everything was, was extreme. Of the that whole. was a certain. And I think that certain that's, portion of time in the early part of the decade.
1: And I think that that stuff was also a logical offshoot of the things that were happening in the '80s and the end of the '80s. They were trying to figure out how to push that style and go in a different place with it, and it kind of. Over shot and it it didn't do great, but I think because of that, you had this you know the the reaction to that was all of this other art, and then you see comic books in the two thousands mm-hmm. just like the art the the style of art that you could do blossomed i mean if you if you talked to Darwin cook he couldn't get a job you know right. early on because they were like, Oh your stuff's too cartoony or um Mike ringo uh
0: Well, because they had, they had Mike Parbeck. He was sort of the proto-Darwin, and he, they already, they they had one of them, and he he wasn't that popular. But they couldn't see him being
1: on, even as late as the, uh, in the mid-2000s, or late, at one point, we were talking to a very influential creator, and we were like, why don't you put this guy on this book? And they're like, he's too cartoony, it wouldn't work. And... Yeah, that was very late to say that, and it's clearly not true anymore. Yeah. But that all—that's all an offshoot from what happened in mainstream comics early in the '90s. But I want to say, like, it's like talking about music from the music from the '90s. Like, this—it's a there's a lot, you know. And the first part was definitely dominated by the grungy stuff, then the poppy sort of version of that, and then whatever the fuck happened at the end of the '90s. You know, it's a it's a line. It's not it, just a the,
0: the fact of the matter is, you can find an endless amount of terrific 90s comics. Terrific. Uh, all, all-time all great 90s com- comics happened in the 90s. Yes. There's also a lot of schlock and terrible things where the editorial is trying to figure out how to get kids to f- find comics exciting, and then maybe that way is to make everyone really extreme and like Lobo and wearing leather jackets and having bad But did you like bad at the time? Comes. No, I didn't like Mullet Superman.
1: No, but, but like there was certain, you know, like I was, I was in love with Todd McFarlane. But I read all the, the image books. I yeah, love all I know, that like, stuff. Like yeah, like yeah, yeah. it worked, you know, to, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. overall. Uh, I don't think it, it ages particularly well, but that's anything that about, you know, that adolescents like at a given time.
0: And there's also just the art styles are all over the place, just like every, every, every decade. But there's a ton of great comics in the 90s, a ton. We talk about them here all the time. Hey, look, we went super long on Dallas' question. So we'll get other people next week. Contact at ifanboy.com is how you can write in. Thanks for writing in Dallas. Just like saying it. Dallas. I think that's on for October.
1: Go, Dallas. What do, you, what do your parents say when they're mad at you?
0: Dallas. <laughs> so I think I've been or to your, the Ewing your, Ranch. Or your boss. I think I have been to the Ewing Ranch, the one they use for the outside shot. Um, you, you're
1: not gonna be surprised to know that. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I have no image of it
0: because you didn't watch Dallas when you're other here, did
1: seven-year-olds you? didn't watch Dallas, Connor. <laughs> My parents were from
0: Texas. We watched we didn't Dallas. Didn't watch Dynasty. We didn't watch any of the shit. You're like we only watched Dallas. We didn't watch Dynasty or Falcon Crest. Hunter. I loved Hunter. Exactly. This is what I'm getting. Hunter at. never arrested anybody. He always shot him. <laughs> Worst arrest record in LAPD.
1: I wanted Never to watch bring funny things in. and I wanted to watch <laughs> cartoons.
0: Uh, all right. So let's plug some shows.
1: Shows. This past week was our Book Splodey, <laughs> our Book Splode show, where we talk about a volume of, of comics that doesn't fit into our regular uh, weekly show. And this week was the, was the titled Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics by Tom Scioli. Um, it is a uh, memoir taken uh, from Jack Kirby's interviews and, in and, and words and put together in comic form by, by Tom Scioli. And we talk about it for a while and it's, it's a lot of, man, this was good. That was real good. <laughs> so uh, you should listen to that. You should more importantly, you should get that book.
0: Yes. It's, um, out next week, it's out. The book's out now. The show's out now. Next week, you're going to have the animation brain trust talking about Batman soul of the dragon, speaking of more Kung Fu, 70s style Kung Fu action. And then uh, the week after that, I'm just gonna go through this, Josh. The week after that, Josh's talk explode. Maybe will come out. Probably. We don't like to guarantee it until it's recorded in the can. And there's no, there are no cans anymore. And then the week after that is the patron hangout on February 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. So if you're a patron, you get the two-hour happy hour, the one-hour hangout. And then uh, following that week will be the media explode, which we'll record after the hangout. And I don't know what we're gonna talk about. We don't have the topic yet. Oh, we do have a topic. Should we say it? Sure. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is the main topic for the next next media split. I forgot. I gotta watch it.
1: Cobra Kai. I wanted to say something about it right now, but I know I can't.
0: I've only seen two episodes. So I got. I got to.
1: Yeah. I got to. I got to finish it. I'll just have to say it in person, live. I guess when we do That's it. Fair. Save it for the show. Head over to ifanboard.com. You can find all of our. Shows in the past, and all of our different podcasts. Go to that special edition section, and you will see a vast uh, collection of of, of books, type books, books, and animated series shows, and 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 explode uh, uh, interview shows, and. A lot of stuff there. So there's a vast history if you want to know about the last, say, 15 years of comics. Uh, someday this will be an archive that people will ignore. And <laughs> <laughs> when telling the history, you can go to well, facebook.com slash well, Someday we
0: might stop paying the server fee and then it will be gone. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, then, and then where will you be? Person who's writing a really niche book that almost no one will pay for. Uh, <laughs> then you can follow at ifanboy on Twitter or at ifanboycomics on Instagram. And if you're the guy out there who has at ifanboy on Instagram... Come on, dude. Give it up. <laughs> you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out in all those places and you'll find best of the week in panels which reminds me I got something to put up for you this week. Uh, you can follow us individually on Instagram at CS Kilpatrick and J.A. Flanagan and you can subscribe to our YouTube page uh, at youtube.com slash you guessed it, iFanboy. You can keep up in the old video show reuploads. This past week there was a new comics preview from uh, ECCC, Emerald City Comic Con 2008 which is my favorite comic convention ever that year that, that, that one show, show yeah. is my favorite that i ever had it was guest starring tom caters uh there's an interview with mark millar and tony harris uh and a discussion about comic book villains i was not there for that miller harris thing
0: no that was i that was, that was uh, an isotope brand. i did do
1: a talk explode with him a few years ago uh it's probably like five years ago now and uh it's one of my favorites <laughs> so if you could also listen to that
0: I, I no longer have the ability to put things on a continuum. I'm surprised we were able to do all that those decade-by-decade decade books because I was thinking about it when I was reading Black Knight. I was like, when was, Black, when was Roger Stern's era? And I was like, was it the 80s? Was it the 90s? It could have literally been any of them. And it turned out it was both of them. Yeah, I was going to say it was the – It, was it was the, 85 yeah. to 95. Yeah. If Did you like the show – He was yeah. in a book that long? Wow. Ten years. No, I'm sorry. That was Mark Grunewald Cap, 85 to 95. Oh. I don't remember what – I don't remember what Stern's – I looked it up. I don't remember. <laughs> again no longer possible if you like the show please leave a review or star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts for this show any podcast you listen to we would appreciate that it's, it helps people find the show it helps the algorithms it really does help any show you listen to and it's the best way you can do that so thank you and even better than that is tell your friends your family um, coffee person you know from 10 feet away or whatever, whoever you see far out the distance you should shout to them or uh, maybe make a little paper airplane throw it over and it says listen to iFanboy that would be appropriate also Anything you can do.
1: So let's say that you're in a World War I situation, and there's a <laughs> trench, uh, right. and you've, got, you've got, <laughs> got the Hun on one side, and you've got whatever their nickname for the British people was on this side, <laughs> and, and <laughs> it's Christmas, yeah, and, and like we want to stop the fighting, and maybe have a little friendly football match in the middle, which is beautiful, but in the middle of that, you could be like, <laughs> das ist der Podcast, <laughs> der Comic Book. And and then maybe that would stop the war.
0: Yeah, maybe you could have. It could happen. We could have. We could have stopped the war.
1: Let me ask you: Is it impossible for that situation to take place? Maybe. That's a no. It's it's improbable,
0: but it could okay. happen. Well, okay. So, if know. you
1: have that opportunity, take it for us. And the world. Yes.
0: All right. Till next week. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. What you do? baby?
1: If you don't love me, woman, if you don't love me, baby, if you don't love me, woman, why don't you let it be the devil, turn my baby down?